Welcome to the All Things Bright and Beautiful podcast. I'm Jenna DePrima here with my co-host Lydia Shibley, and this is a discussion of life, books, and theology from a confessionally reformed Christian perspective. Welcome back to All Things Bright and Beautiful. Today we'll be discussing what God has to say about our bodies, how the gospel is good news for our physical selves by Sam Alberry, published in 2021 by Crossway. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. We are so happy to be back with you guys. We took a hiatus, I guess, mostly other than our Christmas episode for the last, I guess, couple of months, right? Um, So yeah, we're excited to be back. And we've both been cooped up in our homes for, seems like a while now. We've had like some crazy weather for North Carolina. I've gotten quite a bit of snow and I think we're we're supposed to get more (laughs) at the end of this week. So we're both, I think, happy to, I know I'm happy to be out of the house talking with you and (laughs) Doing something other than, yeah, being at my house. So, um, yeah, we're excited to jump back into season two. We've got some fun guests lined up and some books that we're really looking forward to talking about. So, Lydia, what did you, yeah, what were your overall impressions of this book? And just just shed a little more light to why we picked this book. Yeah, I feel like it was a good, it's kind of a good overview of something that is really central to how we build a lot of... um, just a lot of theological tenets kind of build from how we think about the body. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very, like, simple, short overview. He doesn't go into super into depth on any one issue, but I yeah. think that's part of the strength of the book, um, which is part of why we chose it. It's just a really good sort of bird's eye view of this idea of the body and what that means for Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's under 200 pages, so it's, it's a short read. And it, it really is a very foundational book that I would say would be helpful for really any Christian, especially mm-hmm. Christians maybe that struggle with body image or struggle with, you know, questions about related to gender. Yep. Um, or I, I thought even of teenagers, like this would mm-hmm. be a good book for teenagers. It's, for sure. I, I think pretty simple to read. And I feel like especially younger generations, that's something either they're personally wrestling with mm-hmm. or they have friends who they're having conversations about gender and sexuality with and yep. so this is a great book for for that demographic but also I mean certainly of course adults and, and anyone yeah for sure and well and I think it's it's one of those things that you might not have ever really thought about your body and like mm-hmm. what that means as a Christian but it really does have a lot of and he, I think he does a good job of showing how it has a lot of long-reaching yeah sort of consequences to what we how we think about a lot of different things. right yeah yeah and I, I mean another reason I would say that I wanted to read this book is because I do think I mean, anyone listening to this is going to know there's a lot of confusion in our culture Mm -hmm. about gender, sexuality, all of these things. And so I think in our cultural moment right now, it is extra important for us to have a biblical theology of the body and to to think rightly about it, to Mm -hmm. ask, you know, how should we think about the body? How should we think about sexuality? And as far as, I mean, there, there's probably more stuff coming out now, but I, I think it's been, seems like something I have at least personally not read a lot about it seems like I think yeah. there's more being written in the last few years but I do think it's something that is you know we're really having to wrestle with more and more as the mm-hmm. the days go on things are kind of becoming increasingly uh I guess chaotic you could say maybe oh, yeah, that, or that, I actually think that's really apt yeah chaotic was probably is probably yeah. pretty true <laughs> yeah I obviously the whole book is bodies are important that's really kind of what um, Alberry gets to, although bodies are not like the utmost importance, they are important. Yeah. Um, and he kind of starts off the book. It kind of was interesting the way he started off the book because I wasn't really expecting, which I guess shows my own, I don't know, 
lack of thought on the topic because he starts with the incarnation yeah. of Jesus, which I like, I mean, we just talked about the incarnation yeah. in, in one of like two, two episodes, episodes ago. Well, yeah. And so, but I still, I, as I picked up a book about the body, that didn't even really occur to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever read anywhere else that connects it the way that he did. Yeah. Um, so I'll just read his quote. Cause I think it's a good, good enough the way he says it. So he says, bodies matter. Jesus couldn't become a real human person without one. And we can't hope to enjoy authentic life without one either. That his body matters is proof that mine and yours do too. Yeah, like I said, I had not ever thought about the connection of Jesus in order to be human had yeah. to have a body. I know. And so our bodies are essential to being human. Like mm-hmm. I just never thought about it. Once you like hear that, you're like, oh yeah, I yeah. knew that. But I had never thought about it in those yeah. terms. Um, why do you think that that is so important? Like what kind of ramifications does that have? Yeah, I mean, I I will say I also, I don't know that I've really thought about that either. Like, I've thought about the resurrection, Mm -hmm. I would say, and how the resurrection, like, what impact that that has for our bodies. But I would agree with you, I I haven't really thought about the incarnation. And I forget what, it was either, it's one of the books we've read, we read the the last season. It could have been on the incarnation, or it may have been Gentle and Lowly. Um, It talks about how Jesus was actually the most fully human person who ever lived. I think it was was Gentle gentle and Lowly, I think, yeah. And that that was a new thought to me as well. I mean, it's it's obvious in some ways, but I I had never, yeah, I guess I just, it's, you know, when you, obviously when we think about Jesus, we think about him being God and, and certainly also being a man, but I just never thought about the fact that he he is actually more fully human than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. He experienced the complete depth of human emotion, all of these things, and yet was without sin. Right. Um, and so that that like he is more fully human than we are. And so I think in thinking about that, that then does translate significantly to our bodies. That yes. he had a fully human body. He experienced the full breadth of suffering and of you know all of the things that our physical bodies experience and yet again he was without sin and so I think knowing like clearly and and Sam Albury does such a good job I can't do it fully justice of of how well he he kind of connects those things but it is significant that Christ yeah became became a human man that does have significant a significant impact for our our physical selves and Mm -hmm. should give us a, a positive, you know, view of, right. of our bodies and, and that they are the same as Christ and yet we are in, in this sinful and fallen right. world. So we're not fully <clears throat> glorified or fully in our new bodies yet, but that we have been given these, these bodies that um, were the same as this, this God man who walked on the earth. And he quotes in his book, he quotes, there's a C.S. Lewis uh, quote, I think it's from Mere Christianity that I really like. And uh, Lewis says Christianity is almost the only one of the great religions which thoroughly approves of the body, mm-hmm. which believes that matter is good, that God himself once took on a human body, that some kind of body is going to be given to us even in heaven and is going to be an essential part of our happiness, our beauty and our energy. And so just that Christ himself, you know, took on a human body that no other religion can can really can say that. And so I think that's that's a significant, important point. Yeah, I think I'm, at reading this made me really think about subtle ways that maybe I've I've sort of swung in either direction of yeah. either putting too much emphasis mm-hmm. on the body or not enough. And yeah. sort of almost thinking, is, is it like docetism that believes that your body's not important? Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah I think you could say that. Or, I mean, aestheticism. Yeah, yeah, but just this idea that like our sp- true spiritual 
like godly selves don't have a body, which right. is just which I think Albury does a great job of showing script is not scripturally accurate yeah. at all. But I think sometimes we kind of swing yeah. into those areas of either putting heavy emphasis on the body mm-hmm. or no emphasis at all. So like you were saying, Christianity is um, is unique in that it still recognizes the body as yeah. a good thing. Yeah. In chapter two, Albury says, the Bible gives us unique insight to those who tend to see themselves or the real me, in quotations, as the person who they feel or believe themselves to be d- deep down inside. The Bible shows that their body is not incidental to who they are. And to those who have a ton of their identity invested in their body, the Bible shows that there is more to them than how they physically appear to others. Mm-hmm. Your body is not nothing, nor is it everything. Is your body you? Yes, it's intrinsic to who you are, but it is also not the totality of who you are. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that, I mean, one that kind of sums up, I think, uh, the big picture of his whole book. Yeah. And just a, a way that I maybe just hadn't seen, haven't seen pinpointed, but yeah. I think gets at the crux of a lot of what we see in our culture right now. Yeah, definitely. And I do think when you look at what that Lewis quote was talking about, when you look at really all the other religions of the world, um, and, and even forms of Christianity mm-hmm. in the past, like looking at, you know, perhaps Christianity in, in medieval Europe, yeah. pre-Reformation, there there's typically either a de-emphasis on the body right. that it's, it's you know, sinful or it's, it's kind of separate from us. Like mm-hmm. it's not spiritual. It's right. not a spiritual thing. So that's common. Or you see an over over deification over emphasis right. on the body that it is everything that kind of a work like I would think of like a pagan worship hedonism. of sex and hedonism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there's it is just I think he does he does do Albury does a great job of pinpointing that balance that mm-hmm. we as Christians and, and the balance that the Bible presents to right. us and how we th- should think about the body. So Albury in talking about kind of our, our current culture cultural moment that we're in says, so we see a growing priority given to the soul, the inner self. The body is merely incidental to our identity. What really counts is what we find within. So he's saying, you know, that our culture today, we really value the inner self mm-hmm. and, and almost have detached that from the body. So yeah. what we do with our bodies don't really matter because mm-hmm. that's not really who we who we really are, right. who we truly it's are. It's not our true self. Yeah. So what do you see, I guess, do you, how do you see that playing out in our culture today? Yeah, I think, I mean, we see that a lot with the transgender issue. Like yeah. my outward body doesn't reflect who I really am. Um, and I should be able to, I should change all of my outward body to fit what my internal self says. Mm-hmm. I think we see that in just sexuality as well too. Um, multiple sexual partners are having sex outside of marriage, homosexuality, mm-hmm. all of that says what we kind of do with our body is incidental. Right. Um, because it it's all about fulfilling that inner self. And it, it's a lot about – so uh, Carl Truman wrote a book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. I think – I always want to mess up the name of that I book because it's such a, like, it's such a long one. That's right. Um, yeah. And it's – we're thinking – we may eventually d- discuss it on the podcast because we both think it it's is. such it's a, a really book. excellent book. And he yeah. – so he has a quote in it that he says, The modern ethical discourse is chaotic because there's no longer a strong community consensus in the nature of the proper ends of human existence. So essentially, we don't know what our bodies are for. Yeah. Um, and he, the whole book sort of builds up how we've arrived there through all sorts of, I mean, through literature, through uh, politics, through just all the ways that have landed us in our current moment. Um, but essentially, it just comes down to this idea that we've worshipped this inner self and defining right. this inner self. Um, and it's led to just chaos because it's not it's not a logical, coherent worldview right. um, that can build around reality. Mm-hmm. And so you just have a lot of this chaotic sort of um, ever. I mean, I think we can feel the sort of constantly shifting sands of yeah. like, well, what is 
shifting gender yeah gender and what's appropriate and like what's offensive and and it changes so drastically and part of that i think is because we just we don't have any concrete definition of what our bodies are at all Albury brings up Truman's book and he quotes him and he I won't read the whole quote but he Carl Truman makes the argument that our bodies are a foundational piece of evidence that prove that we're not for example Attila the Hun or Nancy (laughs) Pelosi if I claim to be Nancy Pelosi you would know you're crazy right you're not you know and so he he just talks about how it's it's instrumental to our identities that they're inseparable so when we downgrade our bodies t- merely to something incidental or something separate from our true selves, mm-hmm. then it's he, he Truman describes it as a recipe for chaos, which, yeah. is, which is exactly what we're talking about. And, and certainly what we're seeing in our current uh, cultural moment. And, and it is, I mean, there, it's just, it's all around us. You see, you know, children transitioning their mm-hmm. gender at younger and younger ages and, and so many instances like that where the body and our identity and how those things connect are becoming more and more confused. Another thing Truman brings up uh, in his book is how our modern movement movement is moving more and more towards disembodiment. And by mm-hmm. that he means, or one of the examples he gives for that is, is technology. And, oh, and yeah. he's not all negative about technology, but um, he does have some certainly negative critique, and, and one of the, one of those things is that it is moving us towards not being physically present with one another, right. and kind of all of the the negative ramifications of that. And so that's just that's kind of a, a separate point, but it, it is interesting how even technology and and the the disembodiment that that's leading us to relates to to our physical bodies right. and how we view things like our bodies and gender and all these things. And so it is It is just fascinating to see how far we've come even in the last few decades. And I think even his, just in the last two years, as well, people yeah, have been true. further apart, you see a lot more of the how yeah, um, right. being disembodied true. and interacting with one another, yeah. how toxic that really can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Aubrey talks a little bit about that too. I can't remember what chapter it's in, but he talks about how we're designed to – interact with one another physically Mm. and so this constant disembodied interaction that we have isn't what we were designed for and it's not like it's not like he's saying like be a luddite and avoid all technology (laughs) but we're we're not supposed to just be on that platform but we are seeing a lot of i think truman is right because i mean even like the metaverse stuff and just all of this this continued push towards yeah our bodies just don't matter i think um is what culture around us is really swinging towards yeah in in our time Mm -hmm. yeah so kind of going along with this idea of, of being our identities being separate from our bodies, Albury says, sex is a sin against the body because it is a sin against the whole person. And it is, it is a sin against the whole person because God has designed sex to involve the whole person. So I think that's a significant view of how the Christian sexual ethic is, is so different, so mm-hmm. radically different than uh, the view that our culture has on sexuality. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I spent last year studying the book Song of Songs, um, which was a weird book to spend a whole year in. <laughs> yeah. But it was really, I think it was a really good one. To, I encourage you to read it. I mean, it's in the Bible. Yeah. You should read it and study it and seek to understand it using commentaries that are good because <laughs> <laughs> it can be really confusing. Yeah. But, I mean, what really struck me is just Christianity really does have – a really unique sexual ethic that stands against a lot of, again, the cultural swings that go in all all sorts of directions all around us. And then you have scripture that just roots us firmly in what we're designed for. Um, and yeah, that picture of sexuality, the proper use of it, how we're supposed to properly use our bodies is something that is 
a whole sharing of who the person is. But our culture tries to deny that and say sex is just something you do. It's right. just it's just one more physical, you know, as though our bodies are just sort of these biological entities with mm-hmm. no emotions attached. Yeah. It's just one more physical thing that is you know, what we need to do and then it's nothing. Right. Um, but the Bible just gives such a stark contrast to that. Yeah. And and I think that as you see the brokenness of people, I mean, we know that the that sexuality has ramifications that just ripple so far out. So we know that that causes things. And yeah. yet I think people just keep denying it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Truman is talking about where there's just this constant denial of reality that's right in front of us. Yeah. Where, But the Bible just provides an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Of This is actually what it's for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because in some ways there's – our culture is certainly increasingly viewing sex as more and more of a physical act with no other significance or ramifications. And yet it's also kind of like history just repeats itself too. Like, I mean, even in Albury talks a lot about Corinth and the book of Mm -hmm. Corinthians throughout his book. And he just talks about how, Many in Corinth thought that what was being done with the body doesn't have spiritual significance right. as well, and so there was kind of this same lie that he that that uh, was being Paul was battling in First Corinthians and I guess First and Second Corinthians, and he Albury quotes uh, First First Corinthians six sixteen or excuse me First Corinthians six eighteen, which says, "Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person commits sins against his own body," and just that emphasis on the fact that sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I think, I mean, I haven't done a lot of studying that verse, but that um, it seems like he is battling against, there's this idea that, that must be prevalent in mm-hmm. Corinth that a, a sexual immorality is outside your body. It's not, it's not does, that it doesn't really matter. It's yeah. separate from you. And he's battling against that. And so likewise today, still, of course, when we engage in sexual sin, we're sinning against our our very selves like Mm -hmm. our god has designed sex to involve the whole person so it's not something that's separate from us or that that doesn't affect us as a whole person and i think i mean probably deep down a lot of people actually know that but i think like you said live in denial and repress that Mm -hmm. and and try to pretend like that doesn't exist but we certainly see so many so much pain and so many negative ramifications from sexual abuse or from Mm -hmm. just ways that especially that sex has um been yeah wielded and and used in a way that's not how god intended or how Mm -hmm. god designed yeah i i thought again i was i was going back to the rise and triumph um by carl truman and i think he has a beautiful way of just of talking about proper sexuality between Mm -hmm. a husband and wife um he says the sexual encounters between husband and wife find their deeper meaning not in the personal pleasure of the moment but in the way those encounters are intended to strengthen and reinforce the unique relationship that exists between the two partners one shaped by a shared past and present and open to a shared future Hmm. and i just think that that picture of like sexuality and and what that is supposed to look like within marriage is so beautiful yeah of it's so much more than just and and albury says somewhere else in the book i can't remember but he says what you do to a body you do to a person yeah and i think that's so important to remember because i think sometimes we really do think of bodies as just this weird Mm -hmm. separate thing and you're not actually interacting with a whole person right um but if you are interacting with a whole person that like you're sinning against yourselves Mm -hmm. like you were saying and also against that person and i think just think that's such an important thing to remember yeah definitely yeah so anytime we're talking about bodies it's going to touch on gender and, and male and female obviously um and one of the things i think that Albury 
handles this really well. It's yeah. very – it's, again, it's very short. It's kind of, yeah. again, the bird's eye. You're not going to get, like, an in-depth on the topic. But I think what he does touch on is really helpful and And for important. a good in-depth on topic, you can listen to our episode on Kevin DeYoung's yes, book. Yes, exactly. <laughs> men and women. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so what he says is there is something not merely functional about our differentiated sexuality, but something dazzling. And I just thought – I mean – that was a beautiful way to put it, I yeah, think. And yeah. and then he just goes into male and female very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a really helpful way. I think so, too. And I appreciated that he he does it in a very nuanced and balanced way. So he makes it clear, which I really appreciate, that our, our commonality as humans precedes mm-hmm. our sexual difference. Yeah. So meaning we have more in common than we do not in common as right. men and women as human beings right he says we're not different species right which is yes sadly I, important I do think to say <laughs> perhaps in our circles that the, t- the temptation can be to swing um, that way more yeah to yeah. to take it further to take the differences further than they need to be taken mm-hmm. because we're trying to react to a kind of a liberal view of gender androgyny we, kind of yeah, yeah. Well, we over i think sometimes we can overreact so i really appreciate that he said that but then he also goes on to say that God's image is more fully reflected by the interplay of male and female mm-hmm. and that male and female complement one another and that they need each other yes. to better image God. So one we, without the other wouldn't be as clear or beautiful of an image of God as male and female are together. And I, I like he quotes, I think it's Ray Ortland um, who says, both male and female display the glory of God with equal brilliance. And so, again, they're both needed to display the, the glory of God in the mm-hmm. most brilliant way possible. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, again, it's important to say, I mean, it's important to point out that side because, again, it, the, the pendulum just seems to swing in all these extremes. Like there's just always, there's just always the, the risk of going, exaggerating one way or the other, right. which is why I think Albury's book is really good because he does keep pointing you back to scripture, yeah. which, um, right. Like over and over again, it's mm-hmm. what does scripture say about yeah. our bodies? What does scripture say about men and women? Yeah, um, and you can you can have all sorts of theories that go outside of those things, but that really has to be where we root ourselves. Yeah. Um, over and over again, especially when you see an extreme pendulum swing, because I think the the temptation then is to overreact to that and mm-hmm. to like you were saying to exaggerate things in order right. to defend against that. But if we just root ourselves in scripture right. and start there, right, um, then you you don't run the same risk of mm-hmm. exaggeration or so another issue that I think Christians and non-Christians alike struggle with is body image. Mm-hmm. How that? How should I view my body? How should I? How should I think about the parts of me that I don't like about yes. myself? That plus aging is kind of another mm-hmm. facet of, of body image that we're all aging. We're yep. all you know our <laughs> bodies are all changing. Um, and so how, I guess yeah. How do you? think we should think about both body image and aging so they do I think go kind of go hand in hand in many ways as as Christians how so we we recognize our bodies do have imperfections right so how how do we think about them yeah yeah I I really appreciated his areas that he talks about body image I think that I mean I think most people have things where they struggle I mean women especially although he uses a lot of examples of men which I appreciated because I feel like a lot of books tend to emphasize women struggling with that but I think men do just as Uh much which I think his book um illuminates that yeah but I I think what his, his real like the one of the more helpful things I think was his first in the I think it's in the first chapter he talks about how that we should be grateful for our bodies yeah. first of all that and I think a gift if, from God. yeah they're a yeah. gift from God and and if we do believe that we are embodied souls and that means that's all of who we are yeah. then then a sort of like self-hatred that is maybe 
what a lot of people lean towards is inappropriate. We can't hate something that's been given to us by Mm -hmm. God. And if we do think of it in those terms of I'm thankful that God gave me this body, then it does kind of change our perspective a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if we, if we, he talks about um, how our bodies are, they're intentionally designed by God. And like you're saying, they are, they are fallen. We are under a curse. And so there are aspects to it that will be, um, negative because of that. It's not all good. Right. But if we think of it that way, if we think like the body that I have was designed by God intentionally, yeah. Yeah. you know, my nose, my, the shape that I am, all those things are intentionally designed. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to hate it then. Yeah. And it's hard to, um, to be overly critical mm-hmm. when you think of it in those terms, I think. And it's also, you know, I, I appreciate Aubrey says, or he makes, or he, he talks about how the world will often say like, you're kind of your body's the luck of the draw essentially like you get what you get and who knows why and but that he's making the argument no god has given you your body Mm -hmm. specifically as a gift to you and and so that that i think even knowing that you know in spite of the the imperfections or the things that you don't like about yourself knowing that god gave you this body Mm -hmm. because this is what you what he provided for you, what right. he wanted for you, what is what is best for you, you know. And so I think that even knowing that is just kind of changes your perspective. It on does, your body, yeah, yeah. And like, like it just it brings it back to that gratefulness. And it's hard to it's hard to hate a gift, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's from a perfect God. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, just reshaping that in in those because I think at the same time, like we have this culture that sort of creates this like body hatred yeah but at the same time we also like over glorify like we are always like cheering people on and and over emphasizing sort of like a godlike love of what you look like yeah and I think that again scripture corrects both of those issues because it's not it's not a worshiping of your body it's saying you're worshiping god by saying thank you for what you've given and designed right um and yeah and we recognize you know we are living in this kind of already not yet tension so while our bodies are certainly a gift from God that we need to be thankful for, we do still experience decaying sickness. And, yeah, yeah, we experience aging. Um, we have ailments. We have there's all kinds of things that that are not good or that right. are not part of God's original plan. That that are now living in a sinful world, living in this already not yet tension, are part of our lives. And so, yes, we can recognize that tension of being thankful for God's gift, but also recognizing we will face aging and and all of these different things and and that yes some people have have to face chronic illness Mm -hmm. for instance or there's just so many so many things connected to our physical bodies that for some people it may be really really challenging to think of their bodies as a gift from god right um or with like body dysphoria and all those right all those things yeah yeah and that we are because we are living in this already not yet tension we're we're um, eagerly awaiting the redemption of our bodies. So we are looking forward to the day when there won't be any more death, when there right. won't be, you know, decay, when there won't be these these devastating sinful effects will no longer happen on our bodies. And we will still be in our, we will still have our bodies in, right. in the new heavens and the new earth, um, but they will be these perfect redempt, redeemed? Redempt, redeemed bodies. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that we we can look we have that to look forward right. to. Yeah, and as, as far as aging, I think that that I mean he makes the point 
because I think a lot of us lament aging. Yeah. And there's this like cult of youth right now. And I mean, there are things to lament about aging. Your body starts yeah, to you sickness and, and it hurts yes, and, and things yeah. don't work the way they used to. You don't bounce back and yeah. like it, it can be really hard. But yeah. I think the thing he says about aging is so beautiful. He says the signs of aging are no longer a threat, but mm. a promise. Mm. Gray hair and deepening lines on my face don't need to speak to me of a past I can't recover, but of a future I can barely conceive. The real glory days are not behind, but ahead. Mm, amen. Yeah. yeah, so good. Like, yeah. I, I think that if we can look at aging that way of, like, we're looking forward to mm-hmm. when our bodies will no yeah. longer be under the curse of mm-hmm. sin and death. And, when, and we have that promise because of Christ's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so aging, yeah, it, it aging holds a promise. It looks totally different for the Christian than it does for right. anyone else. Yeah, and that it is day by day, even as those lines increase or our, sick, our, our health fails mm-hmm. more and more, that that is – getting us step by step closer to glory step by step closer to being with our savior forever so Mm -hmm. that there is that is I think such a perspective shifting way to view aging yeah so encouraging yeah so I mean this hope that we have of I mean that aging brings us closer to Christ essentially um it rests on the heart of the idea that we have union with Christ Mm -hmm. um we have hope in aging and death and all of that because yeah. of who Christ is and our relationship to him. So, I mean, I guess why why is Christ so central uh, like central? We touched on it a little bit when we talked about the incar- incarnation, but like why is he so central to how we look at our bodies? Yeah, he I, Albury says that the only way our bodies can be restored and redeemed by Jesus is through them belonging to Jesus. So, the only the only way that we have any hope of yeah, this resurrection, this restoration mm-hmm. of our bodies is is by being united with Christ. And so that is, that's everything, you right. know, this union with Christ that we have. And because we are in Christ, we've been given this new self. And so now our bodies are to be used in the service of God. And he even brings up, like, it's helpful to think about, like, physically, what can I do in mm-hmm. the service of God? And that's going to look different for different people. And you, maybe you're older and you you don't have the same capacity you once did. That doesn't mean you're doing any less for God. You know that that we use our bodies and whatever God has given us to for His glory and for His service, and that's mm-hmm. going to look different for different people. But yeah, but I think if we can think about our bodies as how can my hands be used to love God and love people? How can my mouth be used to love God and lo- like to think about our bodies in those terms of sort of how can I use my body yeah. for Christ? Yeah. I don't. I don't think any of us automatically think that way, but yeah. it would shift a, our entire days if we thought that way right. to yeah. begin with. Yeah. Um, he says kind of, I think it might even be the last chapter, but he talks about, cause I mean, we talk about like the, the excitement that we have of new bodies. Um, and he sort of reorients why it doesn't matter that we get new bodies mm-hmm. in the new heaven and new earth. And he says, the real glory is not that our future bodies might conform to our present culture's view of beauty in some particular way at least better than our present bodies do, but that with these new bodies, we will be able to glorify and serve Jesus perfectly. Hmm. That is what should make us the most excited. And yeah. so to think of, I mean, that to think of that, of right now we're imperfectly using our bodies for yeah. Christ, but one day it will be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like that is such an encouraging thing to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it's so encouraging to think about the fact that we, we are – in the right now we're in these fallen bodies in a Mm -hmm. sense like we're in in this again already not yet but that we have a resurrected 
nature. Like right. we will be resurrected. We, we will be raised again just as Christ was and that that is the hope that we have to look forward to. And I love this sentence. I think it describes that idea so well uh, that Albury says. He says, it is as though we are running new creation software on old creation hardware. <laughs> and so that I think just explains so much of this kind of tension and str- mm-hmm. and. and struggle that we wrestle with as we think about the body and all of the things we face in this in this life and that's because we're not meant ultimately for this world right. you know and that we are kind of wrestling with the um the the effects of this old creation hardware but ultimately we know we've been given we're, we're new creations right. so we've been given these new resurrected bodies that one day will come to a, a full and final fruition yeah i think the topic of the body is something that um, one is probably not thought about or talked about enough. Yeah. Um, I would encourage people to read this and read it with other people. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a really good book to disciple people yeah. with um, just to kind of talk about all these things because mm-hmm. it really is a springboard for a lot of really important conversations. For sure. I think what I – I can't remember where in the book he says it, but I think it sums up his book really well. Um, he says, what bewilders us in nature is explained to us in scripture. And so I think when we look out at the world and we even just look at our bodies and our interactions with one another, we can just be so confused. Yeah. And I think when you look at our world, our culture right now, and you can say well, people are so confused. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're just sort of trying to reason their way through yeah. things without any sort of grounding lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Albury does is gives us that grounding lens. And sort of helps us navigate the bewildering waters um, really well. And Mm -hmm. so I think ultimately when we think about anything, we should be grounded in scripture. And Mm -hmm. and something like our bodies, I think often we don't think about it through that lens. Um, And so I think this book and just taking the time to even just think through these ideas Mm -hmm. um, is really important and has far-reaching effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, with that, we should probably uh, wrap up. But we are so thankful for you joining us. And if you have any feedback, as always, we would love to, to hear from you. And we hope that you will join us for our next episode. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like access to more resources, we have a website at allthingspodcast.org. We hope that you'll join us for our next episode.